Thank you for joining us today for Kingdom Rock Radio, an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, where Mark A. Stroud is the pastor. Come out and experience the awesome power of God in one of our live services. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, just six miles east of downtown. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and morning worship at 10. All are welcome, so come out and be blessed of God. We would love to hear from you. You can call us at 770-537-1933. Write us at Post Office Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. Or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org. You can receive your very own copy of today's message in its entirety. Just write us at P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia, 30110. And include the date you heard the broadcast and a donation in any amount. Now, here's today's message. Jesus, the source of all miracles. Jesus, the source of all miracles. If you need a miracle, go to Jesus. If you need deliverance, go to Jesus. If you need salvation, go to Jesus. If you need peace, Go to Jesus. If you need healing, go to Jesus. Jesus is the source of all miracles. I did not say he's the source of all signs and wonders. Because the devil can also do a sign and a wonder. But a miracle only comes from the Lord Jesus. Are you with me? Hallelujah. A miracle in the truest definition only comes from Jesus. We've come today to lift his name up. Go back again to the book of Mark, the fifth chapter. The Lord Jesus is our king. He is our king. He is the king of the kingdom. He is our Lord. He is our justifier, our sustainer, our keeper, our brother, our elder brother. He is the one who loves us. In Mark, the fifth chapter, we've been here before and last week, but I can't get away from this text. So we're back here in this text once again. I'll ask the sound minister just turn down a little bit and give him a little bit of feedback. Mark, the fifth chapter, starting in verse number 21. We're going to walk this thing through. And once again, Father, I thank you for the grace that you've given unto me even at this moment. When Jesus, and I'll be reading to you out of the Living Bible. I've studied the Living Bible and the King James Bible and, and other versions. But the Living Bible will more fit our purposes for today. And we'll be going back and forth between the King James and the Living Bible. But I want you to hear what it says. It says in verse number 21. When Jesus, this is Mark the fifth chapter, Mark 5, verse 21 out of the Living Bible. It says, when Jesus had gone across by boat to the other side of the lake, a vast crowd gathered around him on the shore. Verse 22, the leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, came and fell down before him, pleading with him to heal his little girl. The leader of the local synagogue came to Jesus. This man that had a very prestigious title in the community 
came to the one that was that was called a rebel at this time, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that was ostracized, the, the religious community had somewhat ostracized Jesus and put him aside. He'd been healing people on the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to do that, they said. He'd been breaking their traditions of men. He came, this man named Jairus, came to Jesus. He set his title aside. Are you with me? Set his position aside because he was desperate for a miracle. He was desperate for a miracle. He came to Jesus and he fell down at his feet. And the the King James says that he worshipped him. He got down on his knees and he pleaded with Jesus. Come to my house. My daughter is dying. She's even now at the point of death. Please come to my house. Let me read this to you once again out of the living Bible. And it says in verse 22, the leader of the synagogue, the leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, came and fell down before Jesus, pleading with him to heal his little girl. She is at the point of death, he said, in desperation. Please come and place your hands on her and make her live. Verse 24 says the beginning part, and Jesus went with him. Now, if no one ever says anything else about Mark Stroud, in the grand grand scheme of things, I'm a very small fish in a very big sea. If no one says anything else about Mark Stroud, I want my family to have the testimony that I was able to bring Jesus home with me. I want that testimony. Jairus' daughter was at home dying. Dying. As we know the account, there were many people at his house already weeping and moaning. Many people, now he was a, here again, he was a, a main figure in the church. He was a ruler of the synagogue, one of the religious leaders. Lots of people came to his house. Lots of people knew about his daughter's condition. They all knew that she was dying. And so they had come to comfort the family. No doubt Jairus was there with his daughter, his wife, and all the people. No doubt that is where he was coming from. He was coming from his daughter's bedside. You can't tell me when your child is dying, you're not going to be right there next to them by their bedside, clinging to their very last breath. But as he was there by his daughter's bedside, he realized that there was nothing that he could do for her. And he had heard of the man called Jesus. And he leaves his daughter's bedside. And as he goes, undoubtedly, he's telling somebody where he's going. I'm going to find Jesus. And so he goes and he finds Jesus. And he falls at Jesus' feet. And begins to worship him. And begins to plead with him. Jesus is his last hope. He has nothing else. He's a desperate man. 
And he goes before Jesus. And he pleads with him and he tells him, my little girl who is about the age of 12, she's at home and she's dying. Would you please come? If you would just lay your hands upon her, she would be healed and you could cause her to live. You could reverse the situation if you just come with me to my house. He comes to Jesus with a desperate, comes to Jesus with a desperate faith. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you. And something about us today, when we have other options, we won't automatically go to Jesus first. We'll go to our other options first. If there's another doctor we can go to, we'll go to another doctor. If there's another person we can ask advice for, we go to them. If there's someone else, we go to them. But it becomes a point of desperation and faith really comes alive when we're desperate for a miracle. And Jairus goes to Jesus and, and begs him, please with him out of desperation, please come to my house. And the most powerful thing happens there in verse 24, Jesus goes with him. Oh, Oh, that's such a powerful word. Jesus went with him. Oh, such a powerful word. When I'm at the point of my desperation, when I can do nothing else, when no one else can help me, when no one else can solve the problem, question is, can you get Jesus to go with you? If you have to face the lion's den, no problem as long as I get Jesus to go with me. If I have to get into the fiery furnace, no problem, as long as I can get Jesus to go with me. If I have to go to court, no problem, as long as I can get Jesus to go with me, everything is going to be all right. And so here's J.R.'s. Now... He's got Jesus with him. Hallelujah. The miracle worker is now coming back. He's going to go with him to his house of pain because there was nothing but pain at Jairus' house. His daughter was at the point of death. There's nothing but pain and sorrow and tears at his house. Jesus, would you come back with me to my house of pain? The Lord agrees. And so I can see you. A glimmer of hope now. A larger light of hope now. In Jairus' eyes. Yes, Jesus is coming. <laughs> yes, Jesus is, is coming to my house. So we're going to verse 24. And Jesus went with him. And the crowd thrung behind. In the crowd was a woman who had been sick for 12 years with a hemorrhage. She had suffered much from many doctors through the years and had become poor from paying them and was no better, but in fact was worse. In the crowd, there was that woman. She was sick. She was bleeding for 12 years. Long years. Interesting to note that she was sick or hemorrhaging for 12 years. And Jairus' daughter was also 12 years old. There is no coincidence in the word of God. And so the Bible declares that she was sick. She was hemorrhaging. Losing life because blood is life. I guarantee you, you lose all your blood. There goes your life too. 
The life of the body is in the blood. So for 12 years, she's losing life, going to different doctors, spending all that she had from doctor to doctor. She goes from one to the other because the other one says, I can help you, just pay me this. I can help you, just pay me that. She goes from hope to hope to disappointment to disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. She's tired all the time. She's fidgety. She can't go around people. She's not supposed to go in town because she has this condition. She's not supposed to be social with people. She's an outcast. She's been rejected. She's confused. She's bewildered. She does not know what to do, but she hears about Jesus at the point of her desperation when she has no more money left he is her only hope and she begins to seek him just like Jairus did he is my only hope you want to get a miracle from God see Jesus as your only hope because Jesus is the source of all miracles if you seek him seek the king of the kingdom he'll add everything that you need he'll add it all unto you you've got to seek jesus with a fervent desperation she was broke now she couldn't go to another doctor she was weak an outcast, always tired, emotions in a, in a tizzy, in a whirlwind, not for 12 days, not for 12 weeks, not for 12 months, but for 12 years. Day in and, and day out, day in and day out, nobody could help her. But one day she heard about Jesus the Christ. And she came to a place where she was not supposed to be. She was not supposed to be around crowds of people. But she decided, he is my only hope. And I've got to catch him before he goes. Just like the two blind men, just like blind Bartimaeus, who heard that Jesus was passing through. He was desperate. He was blind. He could not see. He was without vision or without insight or without revelation. He couldn't see his way through to the next day or the next week or the next year. He was confused, did not know what to do. But he heard of Jesus and began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I have no vision. I have no insight. I don't know where I'm going. I have no goals. I have no direction. Jesus, have mercy upon me and give and bring light to my darkness. People told him, quiet down. You're too loud. But he was desperate for a move of God. He knew that Jesus was his only hope of ever having sight. He knew that Jesus was the only one that could curse the darkness and bring light. He was desperate for a miracle. And Jesus stopped and healed him. And healed him. Going back to this woman whose name we do not know. It says in verse 26, she had suffered much from many doctors through the years and had become poor from paying them and was no better, but in fact was worse. You put out so much money hoping that it would solve the problem. It makes the problem worse. 
And sometimes there's nothing worse than knowing that you have wasted your money. Or you bought something you thought was going to be good. You get it home and it's a bunch of junk. And you feel like you've wasted your money again. Wasted your gas, your time, your energy going to get this thing and it's a flop. It does not do what you needed it to do. But now she is broke. She is penniless. She is poor. But she had a confession. She had faith. She was rich in faith. Rich in faith. Just as Jairus was. Desperate for a miracle. And the Bible says in verse 27, she had heard all about the wonderful miracles Jesus did. And that is why she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his clothes. The Bible says she came up behind him. Behind him. I'm ashamed of what's on me and what's in me. I've been beat down so much. I can't afford for him to reject me. I'll just come up behind him. But isn't it good to know that you can get a miracle from Jesus in front, in back, or on the sides? When people reject you, as long as you get to Jesus, no matter what side you get to, you're going to receive your miracle. The point is, can you get to Jesus? Listen, she had the confession. The Bible says here that she came up behind him through the crown and touched his clothes. For she thought of herself, she thought within herself, if I can just touch his clothing, I will be healed. She had that confession, the, that confession that, that kept gnawing at the inside of her. I'm not sure how many of you have ever had something that you were believing God for and it kept gnawing on the inside of you. How can this man Jesus heal me when not when the finest doctors in the land could not do it, but yet and still it kept gnawing if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. If she had expressed that to anyone else, maybe they would have said the, the contrary. That's impossible. That man cannot do that. But she, it was knowing on the inside of her, it was a word that was dropped down on the inside of her spirit. Just get to Jesus if you can just touch him. Now the word touch in the Greek, grab a hold of this, means to cling to. Adhere to. It's kind of like glue. Adhere to or, or cling to or, or tape. If I can just come in contact and stick to him. I'm not going to let go of him until I receive the miracle. For her, it was just a touch, a moment of time. That's all it took. But in her mind, she used the word touch. If I can just cling to him. All of my problems will be solved if I just cling to Jesus. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, she said, proclaimed by her actions, that she believed in Jesus. I wonder today, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, that wonderful name of Jesus. 
Because he said those that believe on him, though they were dead, yet shall they live. He said, if you believe on me, as the scriptures have said, that out of your belly would flow rivers of living water. He said, if you believe in me, the works that I do, shall you do also, because I go unto the Father. If you believe in me, the Lord says, believe me. He said, you believe in God, also believe in me. Believe in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Trust. In Jesus, He is the source of all miracles. Jesus is the source of all miracles. Search your neighbor and tell him, Jesus is the source of all miracles. And so she had that confession in her heart. If I can just touch His clothing, I will be healed. And sure enough, verse 29, and sure enough, as soon as she had touched Him, the bleeding stopped and she knew she was well. And sure enough, oh, as soon as she laid hands on the man with the power, sure enough, she knew within herself she didn't need a committee, she didn't need an x-ray, she didn't need an MRI. She knew that she was whole. She knew. She had confessed it. If I can just touch him, if I can just reach him, if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just come into contact with him, if I can just get a piece of him, if I can just hold on to him, all of my problems will be solved. If I can just get to Jesus. Well, what's happening today? What happens to our desperation? We say, if we can just get enough money. If we can just buy another car, if we can just get another house, if I can just get this and if I can just do that, then all my problems will be solved. If I can just get my credit score up this and if I can just do this and if I can just do that. No, no, no. All miracles come from Jesus seeking the king of the kingdom. You reach him and all of your problems are solved. When you come into His presence, there is fullness of joy. When you come into His presence, there is peace. When you can get in contact with Jesus, purpose your life, your heart to seek Jesus. Jesus is the King of the kingdom. Jesus is the source of all miracles. Seek Jesus. There's a woman whose daughter was possessed by a devil, who'd come to Jesus. She had besought him. And the disciples tried to turn her away. Jesus said, I'll talk to her. And he told her, this is not, this is reserved for the children of Israel. That's not, I, I can't give, this bread is, is reserved for the children of Israel. But she said, even the, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. She was tenacious. She would not take no for an answer. She also had a house of pain. And she was not going to accept a no because she needed a miracle. Jesus is the source of all miracles. And so she's there, this woman in the crowd. You don't need another program. All you need is Jesus. <laughs> Say, all I need is Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have eternity. 
If you have Jesus, you have life, health, and strength. If you have Jesus, you have the solution. Jesus is the way. And so the Bible declares again, she realized, she knew immediately, immediately at once as she touched him, the bleeding stopped and she knew she was healed. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that healing, the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? The disciples responded. His disciples said to him, all this crowd pressing around you and you ask, who touched you? There were a crowd of people that were touching Jesus. But they were not touching Jesus with the hand of faith. They were not desperate for a miracle. They may have wanted to touch him to see what would happen. They were sticking their big toe, if it were, in the, in the, in the uh, miracle pool, trying to see what temperature it was. They did not fully invest as this woman did. She did a cannonball. I'm coming in! Boom! All my eggs are in your basket, Jesus. You're gonna have to save me. You're gonna have to deliver me. You're gonna have to set me free. That's the problem with dipping our toe in the gospel of Christ. Dipping our toe and not fully investing within the kingdom of God. You fully invest, you're going to see serious results. It's time to do a cannonball and go all in. I'm putting all my chips in. I'm full in. I know I've got a winning hand. And it's called J-E-S-U-S. Hallelujah. She invested fully, but everybody else was there touching him too. But there was no investment. The disciples wondered, what do you mean who touched you? All these folk around us are touching you. Yes, but they did not touch me. They did not touch me. The miracle worker. And the Lord, the Bible says that he kept looking around. Listen to what... What uh, verse 30 says, Jesus realized that once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? King James Version says, who touched me? His disciples said to him, all this crowd pressing around you and you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who it was who had done it. Then the frightened woman Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith hath made you well. Go in peace, healed of your disease. I want to confirm to you, daughter. Why did he ask? Why did he just keep on going? Because he wanted her to know. The power was in him, not in his clothes. If the clothes had any power, it was because of him. He had to stop and acknowledge, cause her to acknowledge the miracle, cause her to acknowledge the source. He said, your faith have made you whole. Go in peace, healed from your disease, healed from your sickness. This will never bother you again for 12 long years. She had suffered with this condition. Twelve long years, she'd get up and have it. She'd go to bed and have it. She'd go out somewhere to buy food 
inhabit. All things that she did were affected by the condition for 12 years. And at an instant when she touched the source of all miracles, who is Jesus, it ceased. Well, let's go back now because she entered in this scenario because Jesus had agreed to go with Jairus to his house of pain. This was a divine interruption. But they were headed to Jairus' house. Jairus is excited. Jesus is coming with me. My little girl is dying. She's at the point of death. But Jesus is coming with me. You see, I know, I can imagine, I, I really can't imagine fully what Jairus is going through. But I have a daughter myself and she's also 12. And I can just imagine what I, I would feel and what I would do knowing that my daughter was at home with my wife and family and church members dying. And there is nothing that the doctors or anyone can do. You think I wouldn't go and find Jesus? Huh, you got another thing coming. I'm going to find the man called Jesus and I'm going to bring him home with me. And so here we go. Jairus has Jesus with him. All these people around him. This lady interrupts, but Jairus is there and he hears, Oh, you really do have the power. He hears her testimony. Oh, and sees what had happened. Oh, his faith wells up because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he's hearing all this and faith is rising up on the inside of him. Everything is going well. Then all of a sudden, something happens. He said everything was going so well. And then something happens. Let's look and see what happens. Verse number 34 says, And he said to her, Daughter, your faith hath made you well. Go in peace, healed of your disease. While he was still talking to her. Say while he was still talking to her. While the words of life were still coming out of Jesus' mouth to the woman, he was verifying and confirming the miracle. While he was talking to her, messengers arrived from Jairus' home with the news that it was too late. His daughter was dead. And there was no point in Jesus coming now. See, I told you. Jairus was at home. He had to leave his little girl dying. You see, she may have said, Daddy, where are you going? Baby, I got to go now. Mm, Mama's here, but I got to go get Jesus for you. He'll make you better. He'll make you better, so I got to go. Can you see him telling Albert over there, Albert, I'm going to go, okay? I'm going to go find Jesus for my little girl. I'm going to go find her, Albert, okay? You just, uh, uh, honey, you just stay here with her. I, I got to go. I got, Daddy, don't go. Baby, I got to go. I got to go. See him going out the house with, with tears in his eyes. My little girl is dying, and I got to go find Jesus. Can you tell me, have you seen Jesus? No. Can you tell me, have you seen Jesus? No. He's... The shipyard, oh, there he is, Jesus, please, please come 
to my house. My, my little girl is dying. She's at the point of death. Can you come? But if you just lay your hands on her, she's going to be well if you do it. Will you do it, Lord? Will you, will you do it? You will? Oh, okay. Okay. And they go on. And they go. And then here comes a lady. And he sees, wow, you really do have power. Jesus, you really do have power. And oh, he's excited. And all of a sudden, somebody comes from his house. Maybe Albert and says, don't trouble Jesus. It's too late. She's dead now. Oh. What, what are you telling me she's dead? I, I've got Jesus. What? It's too late. Can you see his faith level begin to drop? But Jesus, just as Jesus picked Peter up, when Peter began to sink, just as Peter stretched out his hand and said, save me. Jairus had the same experience because Jesus begins to speak to Jairus now and throws him a lifeline. How does Jesus do that? What does Jesus say? It says, while he was still talking to her messengers uh, from Jairus' home with the news that it was too late, his daughter was dead and, and there was no point in Jesus coming now. But Jesus ignored their comments and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just trust me. Woo! Oh my God. He said, don't be afraid, just trust me. Trust in Jesus. Because Jesus is the source of all miracles. The situation had been verified. She's dead. There's nothing else. They said, leave Jesus alone now. There's nothing that he can do. Why trouble the master any longer? There's nothing that he can do. They didn't realize that Jesus has the power of resurrection and that he is the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. Just trust me. <laughs> Put your hands in the Lord's hands. Just trust in Jesus. No matter how it looks, just trust in Jesus. No matter how it seems, just trust in Jesus. Say, I will trust in the Lord. I'm telling you, because Jesus is the source of all miracles. He throws in that word, that life rope. Jairus catches it and has to agree. Okay. I don't understand, but she's dead, but okay. Okay, I'll, I'll trust you. Can you see in his mind, he has a picture of his daughter now dead. He came to Jesus with the hope of Jesus getting there before it was too late. He said, if you can just lay your hands on her, she'll live. But the message came. It's over. You've lost the case. It's over. It's final. It's over. Test results in. You've got the cancer. It's over. They're not coming home. It's over. They say they don't want you anymore. It's over. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just trust me. Can you trust Jesus? Even though the situation is violently bad, it's really bad. Can you trust in Jesus? Even though everything says to the contrary that it's never going to happen again, can you still trust in Jesus? 
And so the Bible goes on to say, then Jesus halted the crowd. Oh, I love my Lord. Then he, then Jesus halted the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him to Jairus, to Jairus' home, except Peter, James, and John. I catched the scenario. The woman with the issue of blood was just there. He said, daughter, go in peace. As he's saying that somebody comes, it's too late. Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Just trust in me, just trust in me. The next moment the Lord tells the crowd, all right now, all right now. Y'all go back to your homes. You can't follow us here. Because they all had an opportunity to get a miracle from the Lord. But only one did. That's it. Y'all going back home now. Catch up with me later. He wouldn't let anybody go. But Peter, James, John, Jairus. Now the four of them is going to Jairus' house. Now four. Number four is a very prophetic number. Because on the fourth day of creation, God created natural light. On the first day, he created a spiritual light. He said, let there be light. And there was light, a spiritual light, a glory, if you will. But on the fourth day of creation, he created natural light. He created the sun to rule the day, the moon to rule the night. He created the stars, natural light in a dark world. Four symbolizes that light is coming into the midst of darkness. The fourth, the fourth, and on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to the disciples walking on the midst of the sea, light in the midst of darkness, coming to change the situation. Hallelujah! He's coming to change the situation. Glory to God. And on the fourth day, Jesus got Lazarus up from the dead. Light is coming in the midst of darkness. And so the four of them go to Jairus' house. When they get there, they see something. It says in number verse 38, when they arrived, Jesus saw all, rather, when they arrived, Jesus saw that all was in great confusion with unrestrained weeping and wailing. After all, the little girl was now dead. Unrestrained weeping and wailing. Can you imagine the noise? See the faces, the tears, the agony. All at Jairus' house. The scene was dark and dismal, depressing. And when someone is really wailing, you can't help but to feel for them. It's one thing to have what they call crocodile tears. Just a couple of drops here, a couple of drops there. There's another thing entirely when someone is wailing, weeping. They're cut to the soul. And there's nothing that you can say to change their disposition. All you can do is just put your arms around them and assure them, I'm with you. I'm with you. Nothing we can say normally changes how they feel or their mood. But the man named Jesus changed the atmosphere with just a word. <laughs> he changed the atmosphere from sadness to laughter with just one word. Let's look and see how and what happens. He went inside and spoke to the people. He said, why all this weeping and commotion? 
he asked. The child isn't dead. She is only asleep. They laughed him. They laughed at him in bitter derision. But he told them all to leave. They laughed at him. They thought he was crazy. But they still laughed. In one moment, the atmosphere changed. From wailing and moaning and sadness to laughter. <laughs> My God. And he told all those laughing people, all right now, y'all get on out of here. It's y'all go ahead and leave now. They had a frown, but their frown was turned upside down to a smile. Y'all go ahead and go now. He put them all forth. And listen, say Jesus. Say Jesus three times. That's the name of power. Say Jesus again. I'll say it like a minute. Say Jesus. Call his name. Call his name. That's the name of power. And so the Bible declares that he told them all to leave. And taking the girl's father, that's Jairus, and the mother, and his three disciples, he went into the room where she was lying. Imagine that scene. Now, Mama is not in there with the little girl anymore. She's dead. She come out. Can you see her while Jairus is gone? She sees her baby die. And she's weeping. I'm sure uncontrollably weeping. My husband didn't get here in time. But Jairus was successful at bringing Jesus home. He releases a word of faith, changes the atmosphere. And now Jesus tells them, Jairus, come here. Mother, come here. The Bible says he took them into the place where the dead girl was lying. He took them to face their fear. He took them into the place so they could see him do something wonderful. He took them in there into the place of pain, causing them to face the pain. Are you with me? They went into the room where she was lying. Verse 41 says, in verse 42, taking her by the hand, he said to her, get up, little girl. She was 12 years old. And listen, and she jumped up and walked around. Hallelujah. Are you, hear, are you hearing this? Are you seeing this in your Bible? King James Version said, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her to leave the cumin, which is interpreted, damsel, I say to thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. She's dead in the bed. Jesus grabbed the hand and said, get up, little girl. She got up and started walking around. Come in, come on, hallelujah. 
wasn't just raised from the dead, but she was completely healed. She got mobile. If it was in our time, she may have been going to get a cell phone. I got to call somebody. I get my iPod. I get my MP3 player. I got to do that. I got to get my Nintendo DS. I got to, I got to get something. She got up and walked around. Oh, do you see that? She didn't just lay up in the bed. Oh, I'm kind of sick. But no, she got up and she walked perfectly healed. Say, Jesus is the source. Of all miracles. And the Bible says again, taking her by the hand, he said to her, get up, little girl. She was 12 years old. And she jumped up and walked around. Her parents just couldn't get over it. Jesus instructed them very earnestly not to tell what had happened and told them to give her something to eat. She's hungry. Feed her. Oh, they didn't have to tell him. The parents didn't have to say what Jesus had done. Because I'm sure after the Lord put the people out, I'm sure they all just didn't go home. I'm sure they were still standing around wondering what's going to happen next. Can you believe the nerve of Jesus putting us out? Who he think? Who does he think he is? We are trying to support our church leaders. Who's he think he is? I'm not going nowhere. Man's got to be crazy. I know the girl did. I saw her die myself. And can you see J.R.S. come outside with his daughter? Let's go to the market, honey. Walking outside with this miracle. All the eyes popping out their head. I thought she was dead. You ain't got to say a word. When it comes from the Lord, it's real. You don't have to say a word. Let all those that laugh in your face keep on laughing. You have to say a word. I got my miracle. Hallelujah. I got my miracle. I caught my miracle from the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, J.R.S. had many opportunities. Many opportunities to go the other direction. Many opportunities. He could have stopped right there with his little girl in the first place and not even left. He could have stopped when they said it's too late, leave the Lord alone. But he kept on going through one roadblock to the other roadblock. Get into his house and everybody laughing at the one you came to bring. Insulting the answer. They laughed in effect also at J.R.'s because J.R.'s brought Jesus. Laughed at his faith. But he kept on going. He kept on going. He would not be deterred because he knew that Jesus was a source of all miracles. Give the Lord a hand of praise. We're done. Hallelujah.